0: This morning, I, I want to talk about fasting. Um, it's a tricky subject, and, um, but I think it's important. And we have this season at this time um, of prayer and fasting. So I want to start off with a couple of quotes, one from John Chrysostom. He was the Archbishop of Constantinople, an important early church father known for his preaching and public speaking, and regarded as one of the most prolific authors in the early Christian church, and also uh, Charles Spurgeon, an English Baptist influential among Christians of various, uh, various denominations, among whom he is known as the Prince of Preachers. So the first uh, message there, we can, can you put up the next slide please? the potency of prayer was subdued sorry the potency of prayer has subdued the strength of fires it has bridled the rage of lions hushed anarchy to rest extinguished wars appeased the elements expelled demons burst the chains of death expanded the gates of heaven erased diseases repelled frauds rescued cities from destruction stayed the sun in its course and arrested the progress of the thunderbolt. Prayer is a treasure undiminished, a mind that is never exhausted, a sky unobscured by clouds, a heaven unruffled by the storm. It is the root, the fountain, the mother of a thousand blessings. Now we see that through the scriptures. These are just passages taken out of the scripture. But it's not just for the Old Testament. It's not just for the New Testament. It's for day as well. And then Spurgeon says, we must remember that the goal of prayer is the ear of God. Unless that is gained, the prayer has utterly failed. The uttering of it may have kindled devotional feeling in our minds. The hearing of it may have comforted and strengthened the hearts of those with whom we have prayed. But if the prayer has not gained the heart of God, it has failed in its essential purpose. Challenging comments, really, isn't it, from these great men of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your goodness, dear Lord. We thank you that you love us to bits. We thank you that you gave us prayer, mighty God, that, that we could communicate with you, that we could just share our hearts with you and hear your heart as well. So we just commit this time, this, this message and this time, dear Lord of teaching, to you in your precious name. Amen. Well, anyone who has any knowledge of growing fruit will know that there is only a certain season or time to harvest the fruit. Pick it too early and the fruit is not ripe. Wait too long, and the fruit begins to spoil or fall off. So gearing up to pick just at the right time can be a challenge. So as we enter into a season of prayer and fasting, you know, there's only 18 days to go, I urge you not to let this season slip you by. I know we can fast and pray any day, any month. There are no boundaries to it. But if we are honest, most of us need a bit of a push to get going. We don't often wake up in the morning and say, Oh, I'll I'll fast today, you know? I'll fast and spend the time with the Lord. Sometimes we just need that little bit of push to get going. So collectively, Kaitaya Campus can join the other Church Unlimited campuses in this short season of prayer and fasting and gain some ground and breakthrough and spiritual growth that you wouldn't have gained otherwise. I might have mentioned before about our spiritual man competing with our fleshly man for our time and attention. Our fleshly man always wants attention, with our spiritual man saying, What about me? You know, what about me? If we put up this uh, picture here of a letterbox, and if you could imagine, I tried to draw, it's very hard to draw with a mouse on a computer, but I've tried to draw two balloons squeezed into a letterbox all right? So our fleshly man is ruled by mainly four things. And uh, I've added a fifth there as well, because some, some people are workaholics, and I think they would fit into that category as well. But our fleshly man is basically ruled, ruled by food, entertainment, whether it be movies or sport or something like that, TV, shopping, you know, buying things. Uh, people enjoy that tremendously. Uh, sex. Sex and uh, also, as I mentioned, work. And down at the bottom, there's a balloon. If you can't read it, that is your spiritual man. When you come to the, the saving grace of Jesus Christ, you have to compete, or the spiritual man needs to compete with our fleshly man. And it squeezes in there at the bottom of the letterbox. So these five crave our participation with little or no thought to our spiritual man. And so to make inroads into the fleshly territory, we need discipline, determination, and courage. These five don't mind if we read our Bibles. They don't mind if we pray. In fact, they don't mind us doing anything spiritual as long as it's not fasting, as long as it's not going without any one of those things. You know, fast from the Hebrew word "sam," meaning to cover the mouth, or from the Greek word nestio, which means to abstain. Now, I know some people can't fast foods for health reasons, and so they probably want to fast electric appliances or things like that, but that's really abstinence as well. But fasting is going without, which means making inroads into these encampments. As soon as you even think of fasting, one or more of these guys will chime in. You thought you were the boss until you start to fast. Then you find out that these guys run your life. They keep you happy. They make you feel better when you're feeling down or in need. They give you a pick-me-up. They rule. And they have the goodies. They know what you like. They know what I like. They know what satisfies you. Chocolate. Amen? Shopping. That's pretty limited up here in Kaitaia. There's not a lot of shopping, is there? It doesn't take long to get around the shops. <laughs> Rugby, uh, soppy movies, even lotto tickets. They know what satisfies us and helps us to keep happy. Can you hear them now? Probably in your head. What? 21 days of fasting? You've got to be kidding. No way. <laughs> You're hearing that voice inside you? Fasting actually is a sacrifice because we make the body go without for a higher purpose. To start with, it doesn't like it and behaves like a spoiled child. But you've got to tell the spoiled child you're only getting a glass of water or you're only getting a fruit juice. You've got to tell it that. But over time, it becomes natural. It's the most effective way to take back control We learn so much about ourselves and the power of God to carry us through. We don't learn that unless we fast. If we put up the next pick there. See this, from fasting, the spiritual man has begun to grow. And if you think about that letterbox and the size of the letterbox, the only way the spiritual man can grow is for the other areas to diminish. All right? So it doesn't mean that for the rest of your life, you've only got to have two meals a day, but your body doesn't rule you. It doesn't tell you what it has to have. Your spiritual man starts to take the rightful place it needs to be. You know, in Galatians, it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith, in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. If we could just go back to slide 8 and the letterbox again. You can see that now, that the only way for Christ to grow in our lives is for our own fleshly man, our own selfish man, to diminish. Because he's a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He never forces his way. We need to relinquish and allow him in. So fasting isn't easy, but fasting and prayer is rewarding. So along with taking back control over our bodies, here are just some other reasons why we should fast. One, to prepare for ministry. Jesus spent 40 days and nights in the wilderness fasting and praying before his ministry. He needed time alone to prepare for what his Father Had called him to do. Sometimes we bypass the importance of this. If Jesus fasted, surely we need to look seriously at doing the same. We all have a plan and purpose. God has given each one of us a plan and a purpose. Especially if you're young, a young person who wants to know what God has for you. Spend time alone with God, fast and pray. Fast and pray and ask the Lord to give you direction for your life. It's vital, it's important that you don't go down the wrong road. You don't take a fork in the road like some of us in here have done over the years. Secondly, to seek God's wisdom. Paul and Barnabas prayed and fasted for the elders of the churches before committing them to the Lord for his service. You've got a big decision to make. It doesn't hurt to fast and pray. That doesn't mean you have to fast 21 days. You could say, Lord, I just want to spend some time with you. I'm skipping dinner tonight. And I just want to hear what you are saying to me. I want to be attuned to what you're saying. You know your flesh will start to say, come on, there's dinner down there. You know, but as you break through that, you will begin to hear the voice of God. When troubled by something or somebody else's situation, when you're troubled by something or something, you know, is bothering you or bothering somebody else that has come onto your heart. When Nehemiah inquired about the Jewish remnant that survived the exile and about Jerusalem, he was told that those who had survived were in great trouble and disgrace and that the Jerusalem wall was broken and the gates were burned. And this greatly troubled him. We read here in Nehemiah 1 When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Then I said, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and obey his commands. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you. I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's house, have committed against you. It bothered him, but he went into prayer and fasting. Nehemiah felt called to connect with God. He wanted to approach God with the right heart and the right attitude because he knew his people had displeased God. That's why Jerusalem, of course, was sacked and they went into captivity. But he could see that he could be part of the answer and you need to see and I need to see that we can be part of the answer for other people. If we spend time with God, do you have a situation in your life where you believe God is calling you to be part of the answer, but you are not sure how it will go? Do you know of someone else who may or may not know God, but you feel led to intercede for them? It could be their salvation. Take a leaf out of Nehemiah's book, connect through prayer and fasting and see God use you to bring or help to bring restoration. I suggest you, if that's speaking to somebody here today, I suggest you read the beginning of the book of Nehemiah and be inspired what this man did. He wasn't a leader. He was a servant in the king's palace. We are a servant also in the king's palace. Fourthly, to seek protection or deliverance. There are many stories in the Bible about this one, but I've just picked picked this one Um, in Ezra. There by the Ahava Canal, I proclaimed a fast so that we might humble ourselves before our God and ask him for a safe journey for us and our children with all our possessions. So we fasted and petitioned our God about this, and he answered our prayer. They needed to get everybody from this, from Babylon, back to Jerusalem. And they knew that there were dangers along the way. But they fasted and prayed before they went, trusting God that he would see them through. The welfare of roughly 7,000 people was in the hands of God. The enemy had to be kept at bay. How? By God's hand. And prayer and fasting uh, committed that God into that situation. Remember what Jesus said when his disciples asked him why they couldn't drive out an evil spirit from a boy that had been brought to them with convulsions? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. How did the spirit come out? Through prayer and fasting. But who then was doing the fasting? It wasn't the disciples and it wasn't the boy's parents. We know that the Lord Jesus Christ, we assume that the Lord Jesus Christ was also fasting. Remember the disciples said, where's your food? And Jesus said, I, didn't, I don't need the food. He, he said that every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father is my food. Who then here can fast and pray for a loved one, believing that God will see breakthrough. Does anybody you know need deliverance or healing? It's a challenge to us because, you know, we see this in our Christian life. We can have influence it. I know of a man that used to fast and pray for his daughter who lived in Australia, and she was a non-Christian, and she actually hated it. She actually hated it. She said, I know when you're praying for me that the evil spirits just stir things up over here. Stop praying for me. You know, we can have influence. I don't think he stopped, but he tried to be gentle with it because he wanted to see her saved and set free. So the next thing, to repent and be set free. James tells us, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Fasting is humbling ourselves. It's not the only way, but we humble ourselves and come before God. When God's hand is against you, it's against you, and it's going to be a tough day. Think of Noah's flood. Think of Sodom and Gomorrah. Think of the Ninevites in Jonah's day. Fortunately for the Ninevites, they got to hear of God's plan before he destroyed them, and, of course, they did something about it. God told Jonah to go and preach against the city of Nineveh because its wickedness had come to his attention. And we see in Jonah 3, when the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne. I don't think these were godly people, by the way. He took off his royal robes, covered himself with sackcloth, and sat down in the dust. Then he issued a proclamation in Nineveh. Do not let, let any man or beast, herd or flock, taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth. Let everything, everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet relent and with compassion turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. We know the end of that story, and they didn't perish, and they came to salvation. Through Christ and his sacrifice on the cross, we now have complete forgiveness of sin. But sometimes we need to break habitual sin, even generational sin. And so humbling ourselves before God, as James said, God gives grace to the humble. We can see breakthrough when there seemed no other way. You may not be doing anything really bad, but you just feel caught in a snare, something you can't release yourself from. Then give fasting and prayer a go. Nineveh's story helps us because it goes on to say, When God saw that what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he had compassion and did not bring upon them the destruction he had threatened. Give it a go. You, may be, you will be pleased with the results. And then to gain victory, winning our battles. After losing 40,000 men in battle in two days, the Israelites cried out to God for help. Now, they weren't used to losing people in those battles. They weren't lo- used to losing at all. So this was horrendous. Then the Israelites, all the people, as we see in Judges, went up to Bethel. And there they sat weeping before the Lord. They fasted that day until evening and presented burnt offerings and fellowship offerings to the Lord. And the Israelites inquired of the Lord, Shall we go up again to battle with Benjamin, our brother, or not? The Lord responded, Go, for tomorrow I will give them into your hands. They took time out, they spent time with God, and they fasted and prayed. You know, it's interesting to see how often in the Bible that people actually fasted before they went into battle. And sometimes we use that excuse and we say, well, look, I can't fast, I've got a physical job. You know, I need to eat. Believe it or not, that's your, actually your body ruling you and telling it it doesn't want to miss out. But when you step forward in, in fasting, you'll see God comes through supernaturally. And you don't get to see that if you don't try it. Do you ever feel the enemy, your adversary, has you on the ropes? Sometimes a one-day fast is all we need. It all depends on the breakthrough we feel we need. And the time spent praying and listening to the Holy Spirit. And this is the key. It's not just saying, how am I going to, Lord, if you're not used to praying for five minutes, you're not used to praying for ten minutes. You know, it's, it's, it's a discipline But the idea is to actually hear what God is saying to you. And it's stilling your heart and stilling your voice so that you can hear what he is going to say. Work the time frame out with him. He knows what is needed for breakthrough. And then seventh thing, and the last thing I want to cover is to worship God. Luke 2 tells the story of an 84-year-old prophetess named Anna. And verse 37 says she never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Anna was devoted to God, and fasting was one expression of her love. Jesus told us not to look somber. He said, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to men that you are fasting. He was complaining about the hypocrites who go around with their hair disheveled, they go around, their face unwashed, and everybody in the city knew that they were fasting. So they got all the praise and, you know, oh, they're fasting, they're more spiritual than us. But Jesus says, do it in secret. John Piper, founder of DesiringGod.org and chancellor of Bethlehem College and seminary in Minneapolis, says... The absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. The absence of fasting is the measure of our contentment with the absence of Christ. If we don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it is not because we have drunk deeply and are satisfied, it is because we have nibbled so long at the table of the world, our soul is stuffed with small things and there is no room for the great. <laughs> Anybody agree with that? It's just true, true, true. Fasting isn't easy, but it's worthwhile. Physically, your body may complain with headaches or fatigue and intestinal discomfort until you understand the need For regular fluids, you've got to look after yourself when you're fasting. Spiritually, annoyances from the enemy may increase to distract you. But perseverance will pay off, and your spiritual man will grow, and you will have a greater understanding of who rules the roost in your body. Fasting forms are available now. I'm just going to bring those up. Everybody get one of these fasting forms. If you didn't get one, the ushers will help you get one of those. If you put your hand up, everybody needs one. So volunteer Bailey, can you help hand some of those out? Grab some over there. Grab give some to. Some over here. Get mine. (laughs) Some of the front here right up behind you. (laughs) Bailey, over here. Anybody else? Everybody got one? Bailey, can I have one too? Now I've given my moment away. (laughs) All right. There's a rip-off section here, which we're going to do. I think, as I said before, it's a, it's a season. It's a season for fasting. It's just the season. The fruit is here, and it's just something we can do together. Some of you may decide that you're going to go without one meal the whole the rest of the 18 days. Okay, so then you tick all the circles. All right up here on the board, this is what's been collected so far with the campuses. That's how many people are joining you in fasting. So on the 17th uh, now, there's 185 people fasting on that day. see Sundays is the lowest day, 180 and 182. (laughs) Must be morning tea on that day. Doesn't mean we can't fast another meal. But this just gives you an idea of you know, doing it together and the, the power of it. So you'll have things in your personal life that you'll want to pray for, but there's a list there of also the prayer focus of what we're doing. All right, if we could have that um, slide, which is number 17. So there's a focus to aim. And then also there's a calendar. Did anybody get a calendar? Anybody get, wave one, anybody get one of these calendars? Anybody not get a calendar? (laughs) Bailey, do you want to give us a hand again too, mate? (laughs) You'll get a bonus in your pay packet. Yeah. So this actually helps you to focus each day as well. You say, okay, I'm going to fast that day. And really, if you... If you're born again, I'm just going to encourage you to at least, you could say, okay, I'm going to fast Mondays. I'm going to fast every Monday. Or I'm going to fast Monday and Tuesday. All right? If you've never fasted before, it's a great way to start because everybody's doing it. You know that people involved. Over here too, Bailey. Thank you. So we're really trying to make it easy and make it simple for you. Now, you might not even be part of Church Unlimited. It doesn't matter. You can have breakthrough in your life. Now, who would agree? If we could just put up um, the slide, get these guys on their toes. Slide number eight: the the letterbox. All right. You. This is probably not new to you, but it's a, possibly a, just a, a new concept in a way. But you know that these things rule your life. And you know that the only way to deny them, um, you've got to take charge over that. You've got to be responsible for doing that. And I've just found over the years with fasting is that when when I fast food, there's other things that I don't want to go. I don't necessarily want to go down to the markets because, you know, it just smells so good down there. You know, there's so much good food there. Or, you know, you just don't want to go doing other things as well. Because you just want to spend that time, you know, uh, the TV goes off. There are other things that you just find that when you're spending that time fasting, you're just opening the door to let the spiritual man in. So your body's just basically saying when you actually deny yourself food, the body actually and your spirit is saying, well, why don't you just give up that as well? Do you really need to do that as well? Do you need to be on that computer? You know, you're just starting to hear the spirit helping you and then you start to realize that your spiritual man is growing you've allowed him back in and you've just got to tell your body off like a a spoiled child you've just got to deal with it like that no you're not having food no you need to wait till tomorrow no you're only getting a piece of toast or you're only getting soup or whatever you tell it that you have to you have to take control over it it has to become like really a well behaved dog You go into somebody's place and the dog is ill disciplined. You notice that. You go into another place and the dog is well disciplined. Well, really, that's your flesh, you know, and you take discipline over it. So, this is an opportunity to do that. So, I'd just like you to fill that in and then just fold it and then rip off that corner piece. So, everybody really should be doing it. There should be no excuse, I'm afraid. I'm your pastor. No excuse. There should be one day on there, one tick on there if not more.